Blog Talk Radio. talk about the world of professional wrestling and we got a whole slew of stuff on social media so you want to get on board with that check us out on our facebook page facebook.com slash the ken reedy show real easy facebook.com slash the ken reedy show head on over there like us get on the page we got a show chat on there right now so you can talk on on the facebook page while we're broadcasting live here and we have a raw chat each and every night during Monday Night Raw. So check us out over there on the Facebook page. Head over, like it. Get your friends to like us. Bring them on board. We want you all to be part of the Ken Reedy family. So, again, that is Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. You can check us out on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at The Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is at The Ken Reedy Show. Follow us over there on Twitter. Jump on board there. Tweet us sometime. Let us know what you think. Then you can check out our website, that is thekenreedyshow.com. You can also listen to us on the wonderful world of 1640 PWPR. Again, 1640 PWPR. 50,000 hits. Can't be wrong. That's right. We are excited because we are up over 50,000 hits. The, the channel continues to grow and grow. Our show is on there. The King Firehawk, The Cool Down, lots of great shows. Check it out. And it's for free. That's the big deal, man. It's for free. So you can listen over there on iTunes. It's easy. Do a search, 1640-1640-PWPR. Our station will pop up. Just click subscribe. Again, can't stress enough. It's for free. Subscribe so then you can have all these wonderful shows right at your fingertips and get a global sense of the world of pro wrestling. A lot of guys, some of the guys concentrate a little more on the indies. Some guys concentrate more on the majors. Some guys do wrestling and pop culture. Lots of great stuff. Head on over to 1640PWPR on the iTunes. And just to let you guys know, first off, tonight's show, indie sensation Steve Off will be joining us a little bit later on. they got a big magic show. Not a magic show, per se. It's not David Copperfield or Doug Henning that Steve Off is promoting. Their promotion is called Magic. If you've listened to the show, you'd know that. 
Pro Wrestling Magic. They got a big show coming up on Saturday. So he's going to be on here talking a little bit about Pro Wrestling Magic and then telling you how to get tickets and what the event's looking like. So Steve Alf, a great friend of the show, will be up a little bit later on. Lots to get into tonight. So without further ado, there's no way to get through all of this without my tag team partner. Let's get him on the line. Dave, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing wonderful. Spring is finally here. The weather's fantastic, and it's a great day to podcast. Great evening to podcast, by the way, and especially with you, my friend. It is. It is a great evening. And, I'm, you know, it's funny, man, with the weather, it's like fingers crossed. You know, you're just hoping that, you know, it's been so screwy. It's like you're just waiting for, like, Saturday to roll around and there be a snowstorm or something. But I, I'm, Shut up. I'm optimistic, man. I'm optimistic Shut that up. we're finally really in spring. And spring That's is fun. I just got to say, man, you know, it's been a wild ride as of late, you know, uh, doing this show and, and, and loving the world of pro wrestling and, uh, you know, eventually deciding to put my money where my mouth is, and I've entered the squared circle. Uh, those of you who don't know, I've been uh, learning and performing uh, for IWF, Independent Wrestling Federation. Uh, you check out their website, or, or our website, I guess, is uh, at uh, campiwf.com. And, uh, um, you know, this past Saturday, um, we had our big event. Uh, once-a-year event, IWF, loud and proud to benefit uh, Nutley, New Jersey's Relay for Life, the American Cancer Society. So you all know that's a cause near and dear to me. So to, just to be raising money for the cause was cool, but to be on a card of that magnitude, we had three, 400 people packing uh, the Nutley Rec Center. Um, you know, and I got to be part of a battle royal with Tito Santana. <laughs> Go figure. Little old me in a battle royal. That contains Tito Santana. Unbelievable. Like, I, I was pinching myself. Um, you know, I, I gave it my all. Was not able to win said battle royal. I, I had my ass thrown over the top rope, which is, uh, you know, no small feat as far as if I break kayfabe for a minute, learning how to do that. Um, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be in the battle royal. Then, oh, Jesus, how the hell do you go flying over a top rope without killing yourself? So it was good to learn how to do that. Um, but yeah, you know, it was an absolute honor just to be on the card with a Tito Santana. Um, and to couple that with the fact that I was part of a match with Tito Santana, uh, was just really cool. And, you know, Dave, you, you sent a link today, like the dirt sheet picked it up and, uh, there was a portion of the battle Royal that was, you know, and Ken Reedy entered like a house of fire. And I was like, Oh, the house of fire. I was like a little, little like marking out for myself a little bit. If you're, if you're allowed to do that. Um, but it was awesome, man. And like the kid had a sign with the American bulldog. That's my moniker. So there's a, a sign up in the arena for, for me, for little old me. And, uh, people actually spent money for me to sign pictures. So I, I signed a few autographs, which was, which was really cool. I mean, it was just kind of a surreal experience, you know, got to thank the people at IWF and Kevin Knight and, uh, putting the whole event together. But, uh, you know, it, it was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing just to, as to be a fan for as long as I've been a fan, uh, to get in there and, and do something like this. Uh, it was it was pretty damn cool. Uh, I got, you know, Michelle, our, our producer, the all-star Michelle D, uh, came up a little bit short going for the IWF Ladies uh, Championship. But I'll tell you, man, like, number one for the ladies, crowd was hot. Crowd was hot for that match. Dare I say, maybe hotter for that match than any other match. I mean, they were into that match. Um, Michelle 
awesome job, distinguished herself inside that ring, did a real nice job uh, wrestling, you know, ladies wrestling uh, out there. The crowd, um, you know, I might be a little bit biased, but I, I do believe the crowd was uh, more behind Michelle than the other two competitors. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just good stuff. It was good to see the ladies get out there and uh, really kind of blow the doors off the place. Uh, like I said, the crowd was, was really, really into it. And, uh, you know, what was cool is that, you know, when we were down in WrestleMania and, you know, we got to see, uh, you know, we went to see WrestleMania and T. Steeles, congratulations to T. Steeles, Tasha Steeles, who won the ladies' championship. Uh, we ran into her at WrestleMania during the, the first Divas match. And, uh, you know, it was cool to see Michelle, the All-Star, and T. Steeles had the matches. Fired to do better, to do more. Um, and, you know, again, congratulations to T.C. Steele for winning the, the belt, but also, you know, for, for you guys to take, uh, you know, watching an event like WrestleMania, seeing the ladies of the WWE do it and want to do better than them and want to up the game uh, as far as ladies wrestling. And, uh, you know, I'm proud of uh, what did. Uh, you know, Michelle, again, a couple of short. I'd be, uh, you know, putting yourself up after that title. But I'm excited to just see, you know, a trip to Dallas, a little conversation, and then inspired. And when you see, like, how hot the crowd was, it was it was pretty good for them to just see how great uh, a performance they put on. So congratulations to the ladies, IWF. Congratulations to T. Steels for taking home the gold. And, uh, you know, for myself, it was just really cool to be a, a, a part of it, man. It was just uh, – it, it was surreal. It was really, really surreal. So, so uh, thank you all, the IWF fans, uh, for supporting us and, and being a big part of it. And um, that's it. Looking forward to getting back to class, uh, getting my ass in, in better shape and improving on the American Bulldog and uh, uh, bigger and better things to come with me and the IWF. And, uh, again – you know, that was the big event this weekend. Been busy as hell. But, Dave, you know, last week on Monday Night Raw, um, you know, we might be looking at something that, uh, you know, a little bit of wonky storytelling to get there, to have Shane as the, the head of Monday Night Raw. But from what we're seeing, definitely an improvement on Monday Night Raw. I thought last week was a pretty decent show. I thought, hands down, you know, I can't really count how many three-hour Raws since they've begun in 2012 doing three-hour Raws. I can't count on one hand how many good ones there have been for the entire three hours, but certainly this one last week from the Staples Center in Los Angeles I thought was a great show. I mean, you, you had good matches, different matchups, different guys and storylines in certain positions, fresh, you know, fresh storylines. It just felt different. You had a different vibe and a different feel to it which I thought was really, really good. Um, the audience was re- very receptive to just about everything that was, you know, on the card last Monday night, um, all the segments. So even even the Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt stuff was pretty good. I mean, I, you know, I, I could not find a bad thing about Raw um, last week. I really couldn't. And I feel like that, um, you know, it helps that the past few weeks they've been in, They've, they've, they've catered to the smart audience, the internet wrestling community, because they've been in towns that are heavy, very, you know, very 
internet-like. I mean, the night after WrestleMania, you were there in Dallas. That's like the smarkiest night of the year. Um, so they catered to that audience with certain guys they put on the card, like when Cesaro returned, AJ Styles won, Sami Zayn, you know, the list goes on. Last week, they kind of did the same thing, catering to that crowd. Los Angeles has become like the, the Madison Square Garden of the West Coast, um, very vocal um, into, their, into their guys, and they'll tell you what they don't like, you know, kind of like a Northeast crowd. L.A. has that. And tonight they're going to be in London, and we all know what people are over in Europe like when it comes to their wrestling. I mean, that's, they, they basically created the craziness that is the night after WrestleMania, Monday Night Raw. So it helps that they've catered to that audience with the guys that they've brought in. And just the different, like I said, fresh matchups, different ideas. It just had a different vibe and a different feel to it. Top to bottom, I thought last week's Raw was one of the best that they've ever put out. For three hours, it felt like you were witnessing something different, like you were witnessing something special. Um, I'm not going to, you know, put the, 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 the cart before the horse and say that this trend's going to continue, um, you know, and, and we're on to seeing bigger and better things for WWE creative and, and for the WWE programming. But last week was definitely a breath of fresh air, and I kind of I have a feeling that if the ratings reflect that, we'll keep seeing more and more of that. I agree. You know, it, it's one of those things where, I mean, not only was it a good Raw, and a very good Raw, and it it just felt different. It felt like a different program. You know, like, there's there, there's a way of looking at the wrestling, and as much as you hear, there's no offseason, and there's not. And that's why we respect the hell out of, you know, guys who are able to do this, uh, you know, every night, like, year after year. Um, but... You, you almost get that sense, to use the analogy of the Super Bowl, WrestleMania is a Super Bowl, the night after WrestleMania is week one. Now the season starts over again. And i got to say, like most years, though, especially in recent memory, it's not like I get a sense of things really changing. You know, as much as it's the new season, quote, unquote, um, not to get really derogatory, but it's same old, same old. You know, I'll get back into the routine of what we see each and every week. This is the first time in a long time, and, and, you know, almost to your point, Dave, you can count on one hand. Um, but same thing, that you know, this is one of the only times I can remember where I really get this feel of it being different, it being fresh, it, it being something new. Now, again, yeah, 100% right, Dave. We cannot say that this is going to be, that we're guaranteeing. I mean, this could be a flash in the pan, and Raw could go back to, you know, being a chore for three hours. I mean, we don't know. Um but it definitely had a fresh feel. It definitely, you know, the tag team tournament right now, the tag titles matter. It's like, why, why not? Why the hell not? Why not make, like, the number one contendership make sense? How about that? How about it? You know, I mean, sometimes, like, with, with storytelling, don't, don't reinvent the wheel. Putting together a tournament makes sense. Tournament's cool. I like it. It makes the titles matter. I, you know, we've gotten, like, some new blood. One of the things that struck me, Dave, last week is, like, they have the guest host, which, oh, my God, have I hated the concept of the guest host since they, they instilled the guest host. I'm not saying there haven't been okay ones, but I just hate the concept. Uh, we don't need it. Um, I get why they do it. I get they need to make money. I get people want to come on to Raw and promote things. I understand that. I, as a fan, have always hated it. And when I saw Dr. Phil next week on Raw – Immediately, I was like, oh, God. Eyes rolled, exhaled. Oh, Jesus Christ, Dr. Phil. And 
to be honest, he wasn't bad. And you know what? As a shrink, they used him to facilitate a rift between Flair and Charlotte, which I thought was was awesome. That that totally made sense that he kind of, you know, had started that ball rolling of, well, let's think about, you know, is 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 Rick really holding Charlotte back? Like what is he a detriment to her career? And I I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, it was simple. Uh it made sense. He's a shrink. He would analyze something like that. Um you know, for again, for a concept that I've never been in favor of, I thought it actually worked. Um, Gallows and Anderson debut. They debut hot. They debut as, as two guys that matter. Uh, you know, again, I don't have to reinvent the wheel. It was a little bit reminiscent of Hall and Nash and WCW. What the hell? That shit worked years ago. Why not try it again? I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, they mattered. I, I thought that as, as far as... Uh, Commentary, they put them over. Uh, they made them feel important. Uh, why are they here? Uh, Miz's stuff with Maurice, good, spot-on, mid-card heel stuff. He's just an obnoxious prick. Um, and, and just overall, you know, you look at this stuff, uh, you think the Wyatts are on the verge of, of big things. Sign me up right now. I'm psyched for a feud between Jericho and Ambrose. And like I, you know, to my point earlier, when you look at like having a fresh feel, you had a Monday Night Raw with no Cena, no Orton, uh, the, none of the authority, and guys in prominent roles: Owens, Zayn, AJ, Shane McMahon, Gallows, and Anderson. You know, those are the names that you come out of Raw, you know, remembering, and that is a much different feel than what we've had in recent memory. And it's, you know, again, I I go back to your point, Dave. You can't get too excited, but, uh, you know, it's been spotty at best for a long period of time. And and last year we went through, I would say, probably about 99% of the pay-per-views. Our show was crappy build, the card looks okay, let's see what they do at the pay-per-view. And we got a really solid Raw last week. Let's see if they can follow it up this week. But if we get a couple more Raws like last week, going into payback in Chicago, this could be a very nice little stretch for the WWE, Dave. I think it will. I mean, I can't see them doing going in a different direction tonight in London considering that they've kind of catered to that, like I said, that smart mark internet wrestling community audience, I really can't see them going in a different direction, especially in London tonight, because those fans are more vocal than anybody, uh, you know, the, the, the English. And it's no disrespect intended to, to any of our, our listeners over in, over in the United Kingdom. I like that enthusiasm out of, out of, out of the audience. But at the same time, I think um, – it, it it adds more to the product, and I just can't, like I said, I can't see WWE going a different direction where they just kind of give them the status quo on tonight's show because they'll let them know about it, you know? The, the fans over in Great Britain, I'm sure that they're pretty pumped when they saw Gallows and Anderson made their make their debut last week and that they're going to come on Raw this week. But then to kind of almost make them feel like they're just a part of the crew now, I think would be a detriment to Gallows and Anderson. And here's a point that, you know, I'd like to make about their debut last week. You said it best. They really put them over strong. 
in terms of the, recognizing their history as a team, letting them use their names that they have used outside of WWE or before coming to WWE. You mentioned Hall and Nash, and it really sparked a, a point for me. Hall and Nash, you know, that invasion was very impactful because they're, they're, they're looked to be to have some real-life elements to it. If Gallows and Anderson debuted on Raw last week wearing their wrestling gear, and then they and, and then they had like music after the the, the run in or or, or or if they went back up the ramp, then it would be treated like any other wrestling angle. Now I'm not saying that they're going to go in like a takeover invasion type of angle, but they came out in their street clothes and they left through the crowd, almost kind of treating them like outsiders. And I thought that was very important to 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 a very important element to add to their debut and especially going forward with their, with their, with their storyline in WWE. Um, so yeah, I mean, Chicago, that's a hostile crowd. They're very, very vocal. I have a feeling that this, I have a good feeling this trend will continue heading into payback because if you give them the status quo of WWE booking and WWE writing, let's say before WrestleMania, that Chicago crowd is going to eat up every match, you know, verbally. They're not going to approve of anything. That's why I think, like I said, AJ Styles in the main event against Roman Reigns. You mentioned the, the Dean Ambrose and Jericho. There's a rumor that they might wrestle at payback. We're looking at Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens possibly heading to a match at payback, too. Guys that are very internet-friendly, so to speak, with the internet crowd, the smart mark crowd. So I, I do think because these fresh faces and – and the, the, the audiences and the, that have you know, been attending Raw these past few weeks and the towns that they've been in, I think it's made for some really good television for, on WWE's part. And I do see that trend continuing heading into payback. Although next week, Monday Night Raw is in my hometown of Hartford, Connecticut. And Hartford, Connecticut's never been known to be um, a very smart mark town. The only thing that Hartford is associated with, with WWE is that the, the damn governor of the state of Connecticut canceled Monday Night Raw. We had to have Monday Night Raw on a Thursday because of a snowstorm. Other than that, they're not very smart mark-like. But I, like I said, I, I, I kind of have a good feeling that we're going to see this trend continue. And I'm, I'm kind of excited for it because it's different. It's fresh. It's not the status quo. And, I, you know, it, it's, it's kind of breathing some new life into WWE programming again. Yeah, without question. I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it's just really cool to see. Wow. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I just turned around and looked at the TV and uh, Paul Orndorff and Macho Man Randy Savage are in the ring. Uh, and I always have the network like streaming as, as just in case something breaks in or whatever. And that was just cool to turn around and see Macho Man and uh, Paul Orndorff. Although this is, uh, wait, this is when Orndorff had that, what was that, that character that he like, the one with like the there it is the the dude with like the white fro. Oh, um, it's like um, a psychic friend kind of. Yeah, he was he he had the mirror. Gary uh, Spivey Orndorf, of the psychic. Yeah, didn't and didn't Orndorff have like the mirror and? It, yes, yes, that's what they're doing right now. <laughs> it's went from being like, oh god, this is so cool, to just like, oh god, this was awful. I still well, love Paul. What was the reason? I want to say he was like on a on like a like a losing streak or something, and he hired a psychic to to kind of predict his future. Yeah, he de- he just lost to Macho Man, so yeah, I think he was on some sort of losing streak. And 
I think he, what happened was he, his mirror, he had that, that mirror that he used to come down to the ring with when he checked himself out. And I think the mirror broke, and the whole mirror, seven, seven years bad luck scenario kind of came into play, and they used that in the storyline. Yeah. Oh, God, that was awful. <laughs> now they, now they, wow. <laughs> awful. That is just too funny. <laughs> oh, Josh, sorry, got distracted there. So anyway, like, Monday Night Raw. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, um, there's definitely a lot to be optimistic about. But, you know, current WWE stuff, uh, you know, you got to be cautiously optimistic at best. And like I said earlier, I mean, to me, the storytelling coming out of Mania made zero sense. Zero sense. Zero sense. Um, the biggest stipulation going into Raw, and they throw it in the garbage, basically at the start of uh, Monday Night Raw. You know, WrestleMania, it's, uh, yeah, Shane's wrestling for control of Raw, and, yeah, well, we'll just give him Raw anyway. It, it, it was stupid. It was asinine. I mean, any, any negativity, any, any negative adjective you can throw at it, throw at it. It, it just made no sense to me. Um, however, if we keep getting Raws like we got last week, um, I'm willing to accept that. I can be critical of that, but I, to me, I'm like, all right, you know, it, it was a stupid way to get here, but in getting here, uh, they've done a good job. And I think it's important to realize that when you see what they did last week, um, that they, they're hearing the criticism. Um, and, you know, the WWE, to save face, they're not going to just change things out of nowhere, but they, you know, kayfabe a storyline, put someone else in charge, and, uh, you know, who knows what kind of influence Shane has, uh, whether he's doing a lot behind the scenes or if he's just a character on, on TV. Uh, who knows? But they definitely, as, as a company, as an entity, have decided they needed to move in a different direction, and they're moving in a good direction. Uh, you know, one of the things I hit on before, Dave, and I'm curious your thoughts, and, and again, a concept that I've never been fond of, the guest host, um, I, I can't tell you like how quickly like my eyes rolled when I heard Dr. Phil was going to be on Raw. I thought they did a nice job with him. Uh, they're going to have a guest host, again, a shrink, talking about a relationship with a father and daughter, uh, you know, we all suspect that at some point, you know, Rick's going to be off TV. There's going to be a rift between them. Um, I thought it made sense. I thought that little segment worked with Dr. Phil. So as much as I'm not a fan of the, uh, I could sit here and just draw my line in the sand and be like, guess who suck and not look at it for what it is. I, I thought honestly they're going to put Dr. Phil on that. That segment actually worked for me, Dave. You know what? I was, I'm like you in the sense that, you know, I'm not big on these guest hosts. Uh, either I, I didn't mind it in the beginning, but then that kind of wore out its welcome for me. Um, and when I saw Dr. Phil, it was one of those things where it's like, all right, what's he here to promote? And, uh, you know, who's he going to be interacting with on, on, on television? I didn't expect him to be involved in the, 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 the women's segment, but like you said, because he's a shrink, it worked. And also, too, you know, he's the kind of person that, you know, not only is he a shrink on TV, but he's a character, you know, he's, he, he's a character himself. So, he held him. He held his own on the microphone, in the in in those segments. I was just afraid that he was going to get involved and maybe even get physically involved and like they might not, they might have him like you know, shove somebody or give somebody a hip toss or something just to kind of like maybe get some kind of mainstream media exposure, similar to like what they did years ago when Bob Barker was the guest host on Monday Night Raw and they had him like judo chop Chavo Guerrero, like. 
everything about that Raw that night was awesome. That he guest hosts and he did the Price is Right gimmick. But then when they had him get physical at like 89 years old, I was like, I can't buy that. So I was afraid that something like that was going to happen with Dr. Phil. Luckily, that didn't. And like you said, like because he's a shrink and it worked in the storyline with Charlotte and her dad, it, it just it, it definitely made sense. And he wasn't like plastered all over the show either. He was in two segments. They set it up in, in backstage, and then they had him come out and be a part of the commentary for the for that match itself. And to be honest with you, his, actually no, he wasn't even a part of the commentary. He just sat and watched at ringside. And, and his presence at ringside didn't take away from the spectacular match that the two of them had, which I said, by the way, weeks ago on this show, that Natalia was one of the most underutilized divas, or I shouldn't even call them divas anymore, women's wrestlers on that roster, and now they're using her to her potential in this storyline with Charlotte. Hello, I think you're listening, Stanford. Anyhow, <laughs> seriously, I said this a few weeks ago, and all of a sudden the girl gets a push, right? You know, Anyhow, I just thought I, I do agree with you. It was it was done right. Like I said, if he was all over the show and if he was in like thirty segments and did getting physical where it didn't look like he could get physical, it just wasn't gonna jive with me. But it was short, sweet, to the point, and that's that. Now I wouldn't mind if he came back to do some follow up work um, in that storyline further down the road if needed. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I mean, that that would work if they did some sort of counseling, uh, father-daughter counseling, as they, uh, you know, start to uh, uh, start a rift between the two of them. Uh, it, it could work. I don't want them to overdo it, um, but they could make it work. So, I mean, you guys out there, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five, cause for optimism. What did you think of last week's Monday Night Raw? Are you buying in, or was last week just a fluke, and you think they're going to go back to the same old, same old? We want to hear from you. Give us a call. Let us know your thoughts on what WWE is doing creatively. In a little while, indie sensation Steve Off will be joining us, talking a little magic. But right now, it is time for You know what it's time for. Each and every week, we do it at this point in the show. It is time for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Good evening, and back by popular demand is your regularly scheduled programming known as the Dave 55050 News Report. Only heard right here at the top of the hour on the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Also brought to you in part by 1640 PWPR, the groundbreaking evolution in pro wrestling podcast radio, and more. Subscribe for free on iTunes right now to be a part of the special uprising in the pro wrestling podcast game, where you can hear a diverse set of opinions that go on in the world of professional wrestling. Our top story this week centers around The Undertaker. It was reported last week that WWE had pulled the dead man from the current overseas tour of the United Kingdom. Then shortly thereafter, Taker was only advertised for two dates on this tour, but as of this past weekend, he has been pulled from all dates completely. It was reported shortly after WrestleMania that The Undertaker had been telling people backstage that his match with Shane McMahon was his final match. In years past, Undertaker has made similar statements only to return for the following year's mania. However, his removal from the tour of the UK seems to be an indicator that he's serious about calling it quits. DailyWrestlingNews.com reported this past week that allegedly Vince McMahon is taking a wait-and-see approach with The Undertaker, giving him some time to clear his head, recover from injuries, and then pitch an idea for next year's WrestleMania, which would be a potential matchup with John Cena. McMahon was hoping to do that this year. However, Cena's injury prevented that from taking place. 
following up on a story last week that was reported here concerning the status of MVP and his unexpected termination from Lucha Underground. According to the Wrestling Observer, there seems to be more details regarding this situation, as some backlash internally has stemmed from this incident. MVP allegedly violated terms of his contract by interviewing members of the roster for his podcast. On a particular episode, it's speculated that some details were were revealed about upcoming episodes and particular characters involved in storylines that also upset the legal team from Lucha Underground's parent company. MVP had reportedly taken down those podcasts in hopes of keeping the peace. That didn't seem to matter, as most in the company now feel his termination is the result of a personal betrayal from someone in management, and that it came across as a petty move to immediately fire MVP for, such a, for a situation such as this. Some in the organization have speculated that the sudden termination is a cover-up for something else that is or has been going on, but what that may be is unknown at this time. A huge story that I touched upon recently regarding the potential investors for TNA Impact Wrestling has surfaced once again. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observers reported earlier today that TNA President Dixie Carter is expected to make a major announcement very soon, possibly at this week's Impact Wrestling TV tapings, that the company is in the process of a sale. Meltzer goes on to report that Carter still wants 51% majority ownership of TNA, but the new investor is not keen to that idea. That potential investor is production co- or marketing company Aerolux, along with former TNA wrestlers slash agents Ron and Don Harris, the Harris brothers. Dave Meltzer spoke about TNA needing money to run the day-to-day operations of the company, as it seems that that, that well has now run dry. Aerolux reportedly put up the money for the last TV tapings, and the feeling is that they are financing the next set of television tapings. Dixie Carter is still negotiating with potential investors, including TV partners, but what's stopping those negotiations is her persistence in getting majority ownership of TNA. The only thing that's keeping investors interested is TNA's international TV deals in the UK and India. The U.S. TV deal is said to be a non-issue as the revenue from airing on Pop TV is rather small and insignificant, as it's, split rev- as it's a split revenue deal between Pop and TNA. Lots of questions are being raised within TNA as to if and when this sale goes through, what would happen next? Would the current regime stay? Would the new ownership clean house and start fresh? So much so that several key players within management and the roster have begun separating themselves from Executive Vice President of Talent Relations, John Gaburik, and the ideas he's presented since being put in charge of TNA. Some within TNA expect this deal to be made hopefully within the next week or at the latest within a month. Might as well call this the follow-up edition of the Dave 5050 News Report because in another follow-up story that I reported on a few months back, it seems that Rey Mysterio and AAA have resolved their financial issues and we should expect Rey to return to action for the promotion in the very near future. Mysterio has two appearances left on his original deal and it said he would be fulfilling those dates, which are unknown at this time. It's not clear if Rey will be signing a new deal with AAA, but the organization hopes to keep a strong relationship with him as they've been losing talent lately, stemming from similar issues, and also due to the fact that Ray has a lot of star power in Mexico and the company would like to capitalize on that. AAA is interested in utilizing Ray in similar fashion that WWE utilizes Brock Lesnar as a box office attraction from time to time. And in our final story this week, with the winter over and the weather beginning to break, as a red-blooded American, when we think of warmer weather, we envision barbecues. Swimming, the beach, 
sharing an ice cold beverage, alcoholic or not, sun and fun. And as a wrestling fan, we think of SummerSlam, the WrestleMania of the summer. And news broke this week that WWE Creative has plans in place for the top matches at this year's annual event. With the impending return of John Cena in the coming months, WWE management wants to pair him against the guy, WWE champion Roman Reigns. However, depending on how popular AJ Styles gets in the coming months, it's rumored that somehow he may be factored into the title picture as well. His merchandise numbers have stayed consistently strong since debuting at the Royal Rumble in January, and that could be another factor into his push. Another match that is rumored to be on the table is the power struggle for control of WWE between Shane O'Mac and Triple H. With Seth Rollins rumored to be returning around this time, some expect his involvement to factor into this storyline. Another match potentially discussed is Bray Wyatt versus Brock Lesnar. This match was allegedly set to headline this past WrestleMania, but obviously those plans changed. There is still a chance that somehow Braun Strowman may be added into this equation, pending the status of Bray Wyatt's cap injury that he suffered this past week over in Europe. But that, however, has not been determined yet. And finally, another top match that is rumored for the biggest party of the summer is Charlotte defending the Women's Championship against the popular Sasha Banks. This rumored match is a result as to why plans were changed at WrestleMania a few weeks back, as Banks was reportedly scheduled to take home the gold. As always, creative has been known to change things up at the drop of a hat, and plans could potentially change. But these are the rumored bouts that we know of at this time. Thank you all so very much for tuning into another edition of the Dave 55050 News Report, only at the top of the hour, each and every week right here at the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Now, let's kick it back to Ken for another hour of the best in pro wrestling talk. Take it away. Why, thank you. And uh, like I said before the news, we are excited right now. Let's get right into it because we're joined now by independent sensation from pro wrestling magic, the one and only Steve Off on the line. Steve, how are you doing this evening? Ken and Dave, brother and brother. Good. How are you guys doing? Brother. We're doing all right. Thanks brother. for uh, joining us for a bit. We know you got a, a big show coming up this weekend. Uh, give us some of the details, the card, uh, you know, tickets, how to get stuff. But let's let's hear what's what's going on with Pro Wrestling Magic. Man, it's our first anniversary super show, which a lot of people never thought we'd see this day. But here we are five days away from it, if my math is correct. And it's Saturday night. It's in Wallington, New Jersey at the Morgan Jr. Arena, a.k.a. the Knights of Columbus which is on 67 Hathaway Street in Wallington. You can go to WrestlingIsMagic.com to get your tickets for only $20. And, you know, what you're going to see, well, first and foremost, you're going to see myself, Steve Off, become the first ever Pro Wrestling Magic Dark Arts champion in a six-way elimination match with my former partner, who's Traplash, Everett Cross, The Aviator, Smiley, and Preacher. And, you know, a lot of these guys I've never been in the ring with. A few of them I have. And it's just a mix of everything. It's a mix of all different styles. And, you know, I don't want to say, oh, man, my match is going to steal the show. But you know what? It's, it very well could. And if it does, we should be proud of that because we've got a hell of a task ahead of us because the rest of the cards look something like this. Juan Francisco de Coronado, the current Pro Wrestling Magic World Champion, defends against Ring of Honor standout Matt Sells. And I, I hope I don't have to follow that match. I'm sure that will be on last because it's a little title. But... If for some reason it's not, I hope I don't have to follow that because that's going to be insane. We actually have Matt Tremont, the CCW World Champion, coming in and defending the championship 
against Drew Gulak. And, you know, Drew's one of the top indie guys out there. Uh, there's no doubt he's probably going to be in the WWE someday or New Japan or somewhere else if he doesn't wind up in WWE. But, you know, he's got an opportunity to qualify for the Global Cruiserweight Series. I believe that's next month that he has that qualifying match. So why wouldn't you want to come see this guy before you see him on the network? And then you've got to pay more money if you want to go see him live, you know? Uh, we're starting our Casamento Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournament. We have one first-round match. The Down Boys will face off against Darius Carter and TJ Marconi of Crusade for Change. They're mostly known out of Beyond Wrestling, which is, you know, one of the top indies, I believe, in uh, New England. And that match, I can't wait to see. Those are two of the best tag teams in the world, period. And just, wow. (laughs) We have our friends at Ace are putting the Fight for Flight Championship on the line. It's going to be Mike Donovan, the champion, defending against Matty Ice and Aaron Bradley, two young, up-and-coming, hungry talents. The Chainsaw Joe Gacy versus Kyle the Beast. Holy crap, holy stiff Batman. (laughs) There's no doubt those guys are going to beat the ever-loving crap out of each other, and I cannot wait to check it out. Sounds like it sounds like a great show. You know, a couple of things I want to ask you. You know, some of the names you you threw out there. Now I know, once you get in the ring, it's all business, and you're looking to to win. However, I got to ask you. You know, after knowing you know the severe injury that that preacher suffered, um, mm-hmm. you've known him for a while. Uh, to know that this guy's back in the ring, back doing what he loves. Uh, what what does it mean to you just being able to see this guy? Not only, I mean, he, well, God forbid, he could have not been walking. But not only is he walking, right. he's back in the ring, uh, which is just incredible. Um, like, your your thoughts on just seeing this guy, you know, and, and the guts and determination to get himself back in the ring? I would say it shocks me, but it doesn't. Uh, we've been friends for the better part of a decade, actually, probably a little over that now. Um, you know, on again, off again, sometimes enemies, sometimes friends, that's wrestling. But overall, he's been a really good friend, and and he's just one of the most badass sons of bitches I've ever met in my life. And you wouldn't know that by looking at him because he just, you know, he looks like a regular guy who maybe you don't want to mess with in a bar, but he's not that bad. But no, quite the opposite. He's one of the toughest, and don't let his lack of size fool you, one of the toughest guys I've ever been in the ring with, if not the toughest. And, you know, that's definitely going to factor into the outcome of this match because, you know, that, that's a guy I don't really want to, you know, do damage to his neck. But if I have to hurt a friend to get my career back on track, I absolutely will. Um, you know, not as my first choice, but if it has to happen, it has to happen. But, yeah, I absolutely respect the hell out of the fact that he had the guts, not shocked, but respect the fact that he had the guts to come back from what he did. Yeah, it is impressive. And, uh, you know, all the best to him and his continued recovery and, and uh, his wrestling career. The other guy I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. about, actually, is, uh, you know, kind of the two sides of the, the spectrum. Um, you know, we have a veteran and preacher who's getting himself back in the ring. And uh, a guy like Aaron Bradley, who, um, you know, I've seen for, for a while now, a few years, uh, a guy, a kid, a man, <laughs> but a, a guy who continues to show improvements in the ring. Uh, it seems like every time, I see him in a match. He's gotten just a little bit more better, more better. Yeah. Yeah, my English is great. You know what I'm saying? Though? There's, like, <laughs> there's improvements every time I see this kid. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's cool to see. Uh, 
your thoughts on Aaron Bradley and, and what the future might hold for him. Uh, I mean, Aaron Bradley, and you know, I don't want this to come off in a negative way. It's definitely not his time yet. However, you know, same thing with Matty Ice. I know you're not familiar with him, but he's the same type of situation as Aaron. A little less ugly, but um, <laughs> the same type of kid that, you know, I mean, kid is really around my age, but, you know, both of these guys, Aaron and Matty Ice, you know, their time is not tomorrow, today, next week, but it's coming. And, you know, if they keep on the track they're on, you know, you specifically asked about Aaron Bradley. So, you know, the, the change I've seen in him, and, you know, he's still got a ways to go, just like I do, just like all of us on the Indies, you know. But he, the, the progress he's shown is unbelievable. And, you know, he's still, you know, as far as I've experienced, a cool, respectful kid. And that's always good. You don't want to lose that. You don't want to become – no one wants a dick in the locker room, you know. So I definitely see the future being bright if he puts the work in like he's putting it in now continually. Because I've seen a lot of guys with a lot more promise – turn out not as good and guys with a lot less promise turn out to be superstars. So, you know, and I'm not going to name names, but, you know, just because I don't want to crap on anybody, but yeah, he definitely has the potential. Absolutely. Very good. Now, you know, and I throw out a couple names. Uh, are there a few names that, you know, uh, maybe some of our fans that are listening, maybe they're not familiar with uh, wrestling is magic, uh, pro wrestling magic. Um, any names that you would throw out there that fans really got to get out to see because uh, either they're they're on the verge of being something special or currently there's something special. Uh, give us some names that maybe we're not fully aware of, but guys that you really want to get out there to see. Well, besides myself, obviously, <laughs> um, who's Traplash, even though you know I'm going to beat him within an inch of his life if he shows up Saturday, which I expect him to because he's got more guts than brains. You know, putting that aside, talent-wise, if he can stay the hell out of my way, I definitely see him going pretty far. Um, Everett Cross, Everett Cross, which is like, <laughs> he's a guy who, you know, and, and I'll say this cause we're friends and we've been for better part of a decade. So I'll say, it. um, I never saw him being anything in wrestling. I, you know, I always liked him. He's always a great kid. I never saw him even getting a match on the show. Like he started out really rough and just the work he's put in over the past 10 years is unbelievable. And I don't know exactly what the breaking point was, but I know we had him, filling in for um, Jarrett Foster from Glitz and Glamour in the main event of last year's Casamento Cup. And he just killed it. Like, I expected, like, he'd do okay. Like, you know, he's a decent wrestler. We'll have an okay match. He just friggin' killed it. He stole it. He made a spot on the roster for himself. Like, there was no spot. He made one. He made Pro Wrestling Magic Management bring him back. And, like, we had, I had this conversation with, you know, the powers that be and, and, you know, when I recommended him, and he just, they had no expectations, and he just friggin' kills it every time. And, you know, is he going to walk out the Dark Arts champion? Absolutely not. Yours truly is. But I'm sure he'll have an impressive showing, and he's come a long way. Uh, Aviator and Smiley, who are also in that Dark Arts six-way, have a tremendous upside, too. Uh, are they going to make it somewhere someday? I don't know. But they definitely have that ability if they choose to. And, you know, let's go over the Dark Arts rules really quick. For any Pro Wrestling Magic fans listening, the Dark Arts division is a little different. It's like a free-fighting style division. Everyone is limited to one rope break, which will be in the favor of submission specialists, obviously. There are no count-outs, which, obviously, if you like doing dives, if you're more of a flyer, that can favor you. There are disqualifications 
for outside weapons, outside interference, low blows, but closed fists are legal. So brawlers, technical, and high-flying guys can all make the rules work in their favor, and there's still no cheating. It's a pure fight. It's just a blend of different styles. It's done to emphasize whatever fighting style happens to be in the match. Very interesting. I mean, it, that's funny because you, you actually read my mind. I just dragged it down. I was like, what's, what's this dark arts all about? And then you just mm-hmm. went right into it. So uh, that's cool. So that that's something, you know, as, as you look around, like, wrestling in general and you look for something uh, different, uh, That that is something definitely, you know, mixing different styles, but you can be disqualified. Uh, it's, that's a pretty interesting concept, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. And there's actually a match I forgot to mention – uh, the clash of the legends between Andrew Magic Morgan and Dirty Don Montoya. Which, for those of you who've been following independent wrestling for a little longer than 10, 12 years, know that these guys just, they dominated the indie scene over a decade ago. And they still have the ability to do it now. So, to see these two legends get in the ring and just beat the crap out of each other is going to be awesome. Sounds sounds like it's going to be like a real kick-ass show. You know, first and foremost, you know, I didn't say at the top of the interview, but congratulations on being a part of this company. Uh, One-year anniversary, Pro Wrestling Mm -hmm. Magic, this Saturday. Again, before we let you go, Steve, give us uh, all the details on on ticket information, getting tickets. You're going to want to get your tickets in advance because, who knows, you might sell out and might not be able to get them at the door. Give us the deets, uh, Steve, on how to get tickets. And, again, congratulations. Thank you, brother. Pro Wrestling Magic Super Show this Saturday night, 7 p.m., doors at 6.30. It's at the Wallington Knights of Columbus, a.k.a. the Morgan Jr. Arena at 67 Hathaway Ave or Street or Boulevard. I don't know. The info is on my Facebook. Wrestlingismagic.com for tickets. They are only $20. We will be selling them at the door, but while supplies last. We can only fit maybe 250 in this venue, like, with lube and a crowbar. So... <laughs> Neither of which we have, so maybe two, two twenty. So make sure you get your tickets early. Uh, I know they're going to try to accommodate everyone at the door, but fire codes are fire codes, and we don't want to go to jail. So please get your tickets in advance. Gulak versus Tremont, six way for the Dark Arts title, Cells versus Coronado, and so much more at Pro Wrestling Magic Super Show this Saturday night. Very cool. Steve, thanks a lot for giving us some time. We look forward to having you back on the show real soon. Good luck. Congratulations. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate being on. Look forward to getting in the ring with you, Ken. (laughs) Hopefully someday. Someday soon, hopefully, man. Yeah, man. Let's get it done. All right, cool. Talk to you soon, brother. Take care. There you have it. You know, it was friendly. I'm I'm curious, Dave. Is that... uh, as as a tag team partner, or, or was I just challenged to a match? I I, I don't know, but kind of cool. I uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, it remains to be seen what's coming down the pike in 2016 for the American Bulldog. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, you know, it's cool, man. You know, the dark arts thing sounds pretty neat. You know, it's interesting that it's, uh, you know, that there is a disqualification, so it's not fully like a hardcore match, but it has elements of a hardcore match. You only get one rope break. That's intriguing. So, um, you know, when you look to wrestling and, and it's difficult sometimes, and sometimes you see things where, you know, companies try to do something unique and it's, it's like too unique and it gets kind of stupid and silly. Um, I, I find the dark arts uh, 
rule set kind of interesting that that uh, there's certain aspects of a hardcore match or aspects of a no DQ match, but uh, there's also aspects of of a legit wrestling match. Six guys in it for the Dark Arts Championship. Uh, uh, in addition to the rest of the card, but I, I, I'm very intrigued by the, the Dark Arts rules. It is an interesting concept, something I've never heard of before, and my, you know, my hats off to Steve and the 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 the, the, the people over at Pro Wrestling Magic for coming up with this idea. Um, I mean, like you said, there's times in wrestling where organizations have tried to be unique, and sometimes they are too unique to the point where you're confused. A lot of, you know, TNA, you know, in recent years, they did their Bound for Glory series where they would have points. And it seemed to be very simple for the most part. You get a point for a win. Um, You you don't get points for losses. You get a point for, like, a draw or something like that. I mean, that seems pretty simple. But but when you start trying to reinvent the wheel, um, so to speak, it has a tendency to confuse people. But at least, you know, from what he explained to us here and to our listeners, it doesn't seem very complicated, and it's something that, um, you know, hopefully it, it works out, um, you know, this upcoming show so that this, that this concept uh, can continue to thrive for the promotion, and maybe we'll see other promotions adopt it or something similar to it. Yeah, it's just and I like the idea of, uh, you know, getting in there and having different styles so you can – you know, it, it's not a, a cruiserweight title or a hardcore title where it's, you know, there's a, there's a specific style attached to the belt that, you know, this is a belt that you can have a brawler, the dark arts champion, you can have a high flyer, you can have a, a mat wrestler, you know, you can have a technician, you know, you can have different styles walking away with this belt and uh, the belt, you know, could be a big guy, could be a small guy. Um, and I think that's kind of neat and intriguing. So, uh, very curious to how that concept is going to play itself out, but good stuff. Again, congratulations to Pro Wrestling is Magic for making it one year. Where you know, making it a year that that's uh you know, baby steps maybe, but one year you know a lot of promotions don't make it. So congratulations to you guys. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. We were talking. Are you optimistic about the direction of Monday Night Raw? Yes. No. Was last night just a a blip, and it's going to go back to being oh. Or are we? Do we have cause to be uh, optimistic going forward? If you want to talk a little pro wrestling magic, by all means, you can throw in a little bit of that. Whatever you guys want to talk about, let's go out to the phones because we got Rocky on the line. Rocky, how you doing this evening? Doing good, guys. How are you? We are doing all right. What do you got for us, man? Well, I uh, just want to touch briefly on two points. Uh, you know, full disclosure, I have not caught up on my DVR yet, so I did not get to watch uh, last week's Raw in totality. But uh, two things I did want to touch. I perfectly agree with you as far as the whole uh, the, the whole stipulation, uh, ignoring the stipulation, which could, uh, as far as Shane McMahon and the stipulation of WrestleMania, which kind of really cheapens any type of you know any type of word you get when you, when you pull something like that off it's just it just cheapens anything that you know the anything that they have any stipulation they bring out you know if, if one raw you're going to say one thing and then the next raw will just forget that then that it, you're killing your own storytelling uh and but the other point that the other point that I don't know if you brought up yet because I joined the show a little late 
I was just really disappointed to hear about uh, Adam Rose and Connor uh, second suspension of the wellness policy. I, I was I was a fan of Adam Rose uh, from the beginning. I know they kind of saddled him with a not so great gimmick, but uh, I saw some I saw some of his work in his Leo Kruger days, and uh, I, I thought I thought there were good things ahead of him. And it's just terrible to see you know two two young stars. I, I didn't expect much from Connor to be quite honest, but. At least Adam Rose. I was looking forward to Adam Rose going somewhere. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame. I mean, you know, one of the things, I mean, you know, in the, the wellness policy, you know, it could be steroids, it could be weed, for all, you know, I mean, it could be anything. Um, it, it's disappointing, number one. I mean, you know, if the, if, if the rest pro wrestlers are juicing, I don't care. Um, but number two, uh, you know, rules is rules, and they broke them, and I don't, to me, I'd be shocked for the both of them. Like, I, to me, that's it. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be released immediately, but um, they will not have successful careers in the WWE. I think this is this is it for them. And and it is a shame when you see that, uh, you know, especially in Adam Rose, that maybe there was some talent there. Um, it's been spotty the way they booked him, but um, I like the guy. I uh, just. Uh, I don't know. I'd be shocked if these guys go anywhere in the company, which is which is really a shame. Um, you know, maybe I'm being pessimistic. Dave, what are your thoughts on their uh, their suspensions? Well, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, this is their each of their second suspension. The first uh, they received while they were down in WWE developmental, and those don't get announced publicly. But once you make it to the main roster, then if you violate the wellness policy, it will be announced publicly. And so, therefore, that's why we know they have a second suspension. Um, with all due respect to Connor from the Ascension, nobody's going to miss him because nobody gave a shit about the Ascension on TV because they don't do anything with them, okay? They're just used to put over other talent. Adam Rose, on the other hand, I'm not saying a whole lot of people cared about him, but he has been getting a significant amount of TV time in the past four or five months because being a part of the Social Outcasts, which is not a terrible group, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, they're... You know, they're they're used to facilitate, you know, getting other guys over and stuff like that, and they're they're deep, they're they're good mechanics on the card. But um, I mean, I it wouldn't surprise me if both of them got released, especially Adam Rose, because they have experimented with Adam Rose for quite a while. I mean, we saw that special on ESPN where they talked about his transformation from Leo Kruger to um, to uh, you know the Adam Rose character and. This was kind of like the last shot for him. Maybe this is the case, but maybe he would get released. I really don't know. I mean, if anything, they'll come back and they won't do anything of significance. And then when their contract runs out, they'll be done. I mean, that's as far as I can. That's as best as I can tell us where their futures are. Um, who knows? I mean, unfortunate, but I'm not losing any sleep that they're not going to be on TV because they didn't really impact me as a viewer watching the show. So. Yeah, no. It's not, be that way, but it's true. No, it's a, it's a good point. Adam Rose really did not, you know, aside from the social outcasts, they, they weren't really doing a lot with him. But uh, like I said, I liked him from his Leo Kruger days, so I was kind of hopeful. But uh, the 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 point I'll, I'll leave you with as to the the optimism uh, of Raw. Uh, 
The way I'm looking at it right now, and, I, and I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic. Uh, let, let me say that at the get-go. I'm optimistic because, to me, it looks like while the, this past year you can almost argue that WWD was doing its darnest not to give the fans what they wanted, uh, you know, really still pushing reins, not do it, uh, you know, not booking guys who obviously were internet darlings over. It seems to me when you when you look at the big picture that they were doing a lot of roster building, you know, with all the debuts you had AJ Gallows, uh, you you now you have built a roster that is for lack of a better term, internet-friendly. So now I think they can kind of concentrate on storylines because they've got guys that are obviously bringing attention from, from not only, the, the, casual, not only the, the casual fan, but the internet smarks. They want to watch. Now I think it's interesting to see if they're going to let the storytelling you know, follow through. You know, because let's face it, stuff like uh, Reigns turning heel, just turn turn Reigns heel already. No one likes him. Just do it. It, it almost harkens back to when uh, when you had the whole debacle with uh, the Hardy Boys and Lita, when Lita was found to be uh, cheating on Matt Hardy. And before that, she was a darling. No one would have thought that she was going to make a heel turn in a million years. But the crowd was obviously unloosing their vitriol on her. You know, you really have no bloody choice. Agreed. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you're right. I mean, when you look at the, the roster now, it is a, a smart, friendly roster. And, uh, you know, was it Triple H that uh, heavily influenced uh, the building of this roster? Um, remains to be seen. But you're right. It, it almost seems like they're starting to give the fans uh, – what they want, and you know, you you wonder, you know, are, are they going to give us that that Reigns heel turn at, at some point? Are we going to get it? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you hear uh, the stuff that like they want him to be the top guy, but uh, turning him heel seems to make sense. So, you know, who knows? But again, last week was cause for optimism, and you know, I hope we're moving in that direction. You know. Absolutely. All right, Rock. Thanks a lot for the phone call. Appreciate good input, and uh, I'll talk to you next week, man. All right. Take care, guys. Take it easy, brother. And let's stick with the phones. We'll go out there. We got Mike who's on the line. Loading, loading. Mike, how you doing today? All right, guys. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing great. What do you got for us, Brochacho? All right. Well, I was listening to what Steve Off had to say, and, uh, he was talking about a tag a tag team. He was talking about the Down Boys, and he was saying that they're going up a team against uh, a Crusade for Change, T.J. Marconi and uh, Darius Carter. And he was talking about Beyond Wrestling. Now, for those of you who don't know, and and you know maybe Steve didn't have enough time, but T.J. Marconi was the um, the Ace Championship. Uh, championship entertainment uh, champion, and uh, he's actually going for a rematch against uh, Rob Vegas coming up, and Darius Carter also wrestles for, uh, for a while, a championship for, for uh, Warriors of Wrestling in Staten Island, 
and those boys have been those boys have been um, a tag team um, for years in BWO, and also the history that uh, Darius Carter, I mean that um, Steve Wolf had with Preacher was was awesome. They were they were actually like tag team partners, and then Steve and then finally um, finally Preacher turned against Steve in a, in a very big uh, big match um, in a cage match. And then Steve Off turned on um, face. He was actually that's how that whole thing happened. Um, and and it's uh, and it's great. And then Steve was talking about Dirty Don Montoya and Magic. And for those of you who probably don't remember this, but I managed Magic against Dirty Don Montoya um, in BWO at Fort River for Magic's U.S. title, and we we took the uh, we actually brought the gold back. I mean, we had the gold, but we we retained it. That's good stuff, giving us a little bit of history on uh, what's going to be happening this Saturday at uh, Pro Wrestling Magic. Good stuff. Yeah, well, you know, I try I try to school the people out there, and I try to give the people what they want, and uh, and you know, and that's how I that's how I roll, you know, Bulldog. I appreciate it. Thank you for giving. We need to give the people what they want. Tomorrow, we need to get, like like, and see that well done because there's the segue, because much like Monday Night Raw. It seems like that WWE has moved in the direction of giving the people what they want. We were talking, you know, it's probably been a long time for Dave and I where we're giving a, a Monday, an episode of Monday Night Raw a stellar review, but we're giving it a pretty positive review. What were your thoughts on Monday Night Raw last week? I thought it was really, really good. I, I, uh, I, I think Monday Night Raw is getting, getting, getting there. I think that they're, they're all talented wrestlers. I think that NXT is showing what they could do. I, I think Monday Night Raw is doing pretty good. I, I think they're on a roll right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I got to say I agree with you. I, I, I can't say they're on a roll yet. Um, I got to see, uh, you know, how they follow up last week's Raw with this week. But, again, definitely uh, signs uh, of optimism, you know. And if they can have NXT uh, doing what they're doing – and couple that with uh, solid three-hour Raws week in and week out, yeah, the WWE product becomes something that, uh, you know, us as wrestling fans can really sink our teeth into again. You know, I, I mean, for me as a wrestling fan, I, I get it. You know, some wrestling fans decide just not to watch it all anymore. I get it. Um, for me, you know, sometimes you, you watch wrestling as a fan. To be honest, sometimes I watch it as a worker. To certain, like, I love watching Triple H. I always loved him as a fan. Now as someone who's in the ring, I enjoy watching how he does things. Um, you know, it, it's uh, – and I always would find, like, lately just, oh, let me watch it like this or I'll fast forward through that. And uh, last week was the Raw, that, that was it was a solid show where I was able to watch it as a fan. I was able to watch it as a, as a broadcaster because there are a lot of Raws. And, Dave, you can attest to this where – you watch Raw and it's not good, and you're like, Jesus Christ, what the hell are we going to talk about next show? Um, but to watch a Raw where it's like we can be positive, which it was awesome. Um, so you know, I watch Raw as a broadcaster. I watch it as a as a worker. I watch it as um, a fan. And last week's Raw was one of those things that I enjoyed it. Uh, all three of those aspects of my personality, I enjoyed it, and you, you just hope that uh, they continue. Uh, to move in a, in a more positive direction because uh, the Raws have left a little bit to be desired. 
Um, you know, is there anything specific last week, uh, Mike, that you really enjoyed, that you were really taken back by as far as uh, what they did on last week's Raw? Well, I like the I, I like the whole angle with the uh, with Natalia and Charlotte and Doctor Phil and Flair, and I like that angle. I thought that angle was really good. As far as far as them pushing AJ Styles, I think it's too soon for him to be in any any kind of championship match. You know what? And and I I I think that's a good point. I think it's a I, it's a valid point. Um. I got to see what they do with it. But I, I do, you know, I agree with you to a certain extent that he's really proven him. He hasn't proven himself at all in the WWE. Keeping kayfabe, looking storytelling. Uh, he's done like really much of nothing in the WWE. And now he's going for the title. Now, um, what do they do with this? Does him going for the title lead to a Reigns uh, heel, heel turn? Does him going for the title... Uh, you know, bring together the Bullet Club. Um, I, I'm, again, being cautiously optimistic after last week's Raw, I agree with you. I think it's a valid point. I'm kind of taking a wait-and-see approach as far as where that storyline goes. But it's definitely a valid point that a guy who's been there basically for a cup of coffee uh, getting a, a title shot, um, you would think almost AJ should, should be going after the IC title, the U.S. title, so it's a valid point as far as the journey to get to that spot, but I'm waiting and seeing what exactly comes out of that. I'm curious your thoughts, Dave, on that, because I, I do honestly think that's a very valid point for a guy who hasn't been there. And granted, proven talent, done it all around the world. As far as the WWE goes, as far as kayfabe, storytelling, he's a rookie. He's been there for a cup of coffee, and they've acknowledged his history, but he hasn't proven himself. For me, I kind of want to see where they want to go. Mike, it's a valid point. Dave, your thoughts? Mike brings up a valid point, but I disagree. I mean, the reason why I disagree is because his, you know, they acknowledge his history, his character's history with the championships that he's held around the world. Okay, he's been the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. They obviously didn't bring up the TNA history, but. Um, why wouldn't he want to go after the WWE World Heavyweight Championship? Why wouldn't any wrestler on the roster, regardless of how long you've been there or not, want to go after the title? You know what I mean? I don't have a problem with him being involved in the title picture, whether it leads to uh, you know a, a series of matches with Reigns or whether it leads to you know possibly reforming the Bullet Club with Gallows and Anderson, as long as he's being used effectively. Because a lot of people were afraid when he first started that he was going to walk in and, okay, they're going to let him use his name, they're going to let him use his moniker and his finishing moves, but he's going to job out to Randy Orton or John Cena or one of the, the big staples in WWE. But he's being used, effect, used effectively. They're not, they're not watering down the, the, the core of AJ Styles' character. They're letting him be AJ Styles in, in WWE. And Vince McMahon didn't create that character. AJ Styles created that character. So I don't have a problem with him being a part of the title picture at all. He's, it's a new, fresh face. I have no issue with it whatsoever, regardless of how long he's been there or not. I mean, that, that, that does, I mean, everyone's got their own opinion, and I respect your opinion, Mike, but I disagree with it. I, I, I completely do. It's a fresh, different face, and it brings something new to the programming. Got no issues with it whatsoever. Well, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a valid point on your part, and I, uh, and I accept it, and I accept that, and I think that's, uh, that's good. You know, you have an opinion, I have an opinion. 
now, if I can have the floor for a second, I just want to bring up something. I had I had Michelle D on my show last Thursday, and Michelle and I were talking about how much I rant on your show, Ken. Huh. We're talking about how I became famous for it. <laughs> right? Yes. Tomorrow, I'm going head to head with the WWE legend on my show. Because I had enough of, of him. Tomorrow I call him out and he's gonna call and we're gonna have a I have a co host tomorrow and he's gonna be with me tomorrow. We go head to head. I am going head to head with the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. I had enough of him, we're gonna have it out tomorrow on my show. And, and he'll be I'll be calling him at one fifteen tomorrow, pro wrestling now with Mike Ferrara. Brett the hitman. Against Mike. Really? Yep. Oh, congratulations. That's, that's, that's a good get. I, that's something I actually, I, I, I really want to hear that. So good for you. Congratulations. Uh, and also, I just want to say a happy anniversary to 1640. I wish you guys nothing but the best. I, I respect the hell out of Ken. Uh, I mean, I respect the hell out of Pat, King Firehawk. I still listen to every show on the network. I love you guys. You guys are great. I, I remember all the good times I have with you guys. And, uh, and you know, but I, and also Thursday night, Michelle's coming back on the show to talk about your, um, you know, your big, uh, your big night, um, for, uh, for IWF. So, uh, but that's what's going to happen tomorrow on my show. Uh, I'm I'm going like I said I'm going head to head with the hitman. I I just had enough and it's time for time for a change. Very cool. Sounds good, Mike. Thanks and uh, enjoy the interviews that you got coming up. Uh, good luck to you and talk to you next week, brother. You got it, Bulldog and Dave. Take it easy. Take it easy. Well, there you have it. Um, <laughs> in, in a year in a presidential uh, election year, and as we watch. Uh, Debates uh, over and over again. Uh, we have a debate on tap. Bret Hart and uh, Mike Ferrara. <laughs> I, I want to hear that. Um, I wonder what the, what their uh, subjects are going to be as far as uh, you know. He didn't uh, elaborate on his his beef with uh, with Bret Hart, but um, I, that's going to make for some interesting good radio. So congrats to Mike uh, for for snagging snagging. Brett the Hitman Hart. Uh, one of the things that Mike said that I thought was intriguing, and, and you know, again, getting, you know, it, and this is fun, man, because this is like one of those things where we have said this over and over again for, for years with this show. Man, we're, we're like, look, we've been watching wrestling for a long time. We know a lot of wrestling. We know some ins and outs of pro wrestling. I would never consider myself a smart We've always on the show tried to be as positive as possible. We never wanted to be that typical wrestling podcast that just gets on every show and, oh, my God, I can't believe they did this. And, oh, my God, oh, they're not pushing the right person. Why can't they push Owens? Just push Owens. You know, we're not, we're not that type of show. So it's, it's cool now to, to come on this week and actually, like, really – kind of be positive about what we saw you know on last week's show um you know we we want to be positive we want to like wrestling we're wrestling fans we don't want to hate on it 
Um, you know, we're not the types that, like, we need certain guys pushed and certain guys not pushed. I just want to be entertained uh, in some way. On, in some way, shape, or form, I need to be entertained. And Raw was entertaining last week. What struck me when, when I'm talking to Mike, and I said, you know, what, what hit you last week? What hit you as far as something that was that struck you as entertaining? You know, what was like something that just jumps out at you? And he said, he said the, the Charlotte and, and, and Dr. Phil uh, segment. And oh, my God. I mean, if ever, if ever, has there ever been a time on this show where anybody, when asked what was your favorite part of Raw, picked a guest host slash lady segment? I mean, the fact that they actually did that well last week, um, again, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but um, they did a really nice job. And the one thing, Dave, that I, that I liked about last week's show uh, as we analyze it top to bottom, there was it was good storytelling aspects and good facilitating. It wasn't blow you out of the water type special appearances. Um, it wasn't hokey stuff where you you like it for one episode but it doesn't continue on. It was stuff that was facilitating psychology. It was stuff that was facilitating or starting storylines. It was. It was stuff that was amping up people's characters. So it wasn't, you know, a kick-ass Raw where, oh, my God, The Rock showed up, and then, and then Hogan showed up, and then, oh, my God, like, I can't believe it. And then there was these title changes in there. It wasn't that type of good Raw. It was a, a good Raw as a, as a wrestling fan to see characters and storytelling moving in the right direction top to bottom where you can kind of as a fan start to sink your teeth into different characters, different tag teams, different programs and get excited for the next week's raw. I remember when we got when I got the All-Star Michelle D into wrestling and she was she started watching at a, at a decent time and when raw ended she's like but now what? Now what? And I'm like you got to watch next week. And she was so psyched to watch next week. And, and that's the storytelling that you need, um, you know, in pro wrestling. And when I talk about Michelle, like, that was, like, a good 10, 11 years ago. And it's been a while that you could say, top to bottom, three hours, you were entertained. But for a Raw that didn't have, quote, unquote, something special happen, it wasn't like the Slammy Awards or anything like that. It was just a raw. It was a, a standalone raw that did a nice job for people's characters. To me, I think that's the biggest point coming out of that, that we didn't have quote-unquote special moments. We just had good storytelling moments top to bottom, Dave. Well, I, I, you make a great point there. And to your point, I want to say that I think last week's show just had a good flow to it from beginning to end. It seemed like everything just kind of came together very nicely, and each segment flowed very nicely, and you didn't really have, like, a lull point, and they kind of spread out the bigger segments um, as they do, you know, in the show. The, the, the important moments that they that, that they like to put their big segments on, obviously the opening segment, um, right at the top of the 9 o'clock hour, right at the top of the 10 o'clock hour, and then the last segment, which is usually, you know, the 1045, 1050 range that goes to you know a little bit after 11 those are those big like four 
five segments that they that they really want to get their main angles on, and everything just seemed to and the stuff in between seemed to really work as well. And like you said, it wasn't a special Raw, but I think the idea is that like it was newer characters and it just felt fresh, and that they were taking chances with guys. I mean, even though it, it wasn't Raw, I watched SmackDown this past week, and SmackDown, even though they had a limited crew. They used different guys on TV because the limit, the other crew started the uh, the, the overseas tour. Um, even though they had a, like a skeleton crew that taped SmackDown last week, there was still some interesting stuff on the show. Um, mainly Zack Ryder. I mean, Zack Ryder hasn't really fallen into obscurity since he lost the Intercontinental Title. He had that WrestleMania moment. He lost at, the next night against Miz and. If you watch WWE.com, I was I don't watch the Michael Cole interviews often, but go check the interview out he did with Zack Ryder. They're actually giving him a chance now. I really think they're 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 getting behind him. I think the injuries have a, a, something to do with it, but I think also that his hard work and his loyalty to the company is kind of paying off in a, in a way. Um, Michael Cole did an in-depth sit-down interview with him, and he talked about you know history as a fan, being in WWE. Uh, the fact that he was diagnosed with cancer and beat cancer in high school as a teenager and just his, his lifelong dream of being in WWE and, and being a champion, um, it, it, really, it really showcased his interview there very well um, to get the people behind him more, and they're actually giving him a chance. And they're just giving different people and different, you know, different characters a chance in these, in these prominent roles, and I think that's what really helped last week's Raw, along with, like you said, just good storytelling going in the right direction, nothing special, but you still get a different and fresh vibe. And I think, I think the past two weeks, and hopefully tonight, it builds nicely as you head towards payback in Chicago. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a great Raw, three hours overall, probably the one I can, I can count on one hand since they started doing three-hour Raws, that this was good from beginning to end. And, uh, you know, overall, it's just, you, felt, you felt a change. Like you said earlier, to, you know, earlier tonight on the broadcast, that you go from WrestleMania, and then the next night you go from the Super Bowl to week one in, in, in 24 hours, and it doesn't really feel different. But these past few weeks it felt different. It's been good. It's positive. It's in the right direction. Um, and I'm not saying that I that I, I don't miss talents like Rollins and Orton and Cena. I can't wait for when they do come back and hopefully that they mix it up with some of these newer guys and really contribute to the product um, even more in a more positive way other than just being, you know, the guys that come in and are on top and do, like I've been saying all show, the status quo. Because then to me it would defeat the purpose of, you know, showcasing these younger, newer talents by – having them get pushed off to the wayside when the, the old guard comes back from the injury list. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time in a long time where, you know, I'm looking at Raw and, and I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, wow, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see where this, this Jericho-Ambrose thing goes. Like, that, that's pretty cool. Like, oh, Owen's insane. Like, that's interesting. These guys got history. Like, where with that, and like you said, Zack Ryder, you know, where are they going to go with – with him, is this guy going to finally get, like, a legit push? And then it's like, well, wait a second, but then you got the, you know, uh, Gallows and Anderson showed up. Like, wh- what's going to happen with them? What are they going to do? And, and and the tag team tournament, you know, tag team tournament, you know, the, the semifinals, you got the Usos versus the Vaudevillians, Vaudevillians versus, uh, um, versus each other, and then you have uh, Enzo Amore and, and 
Cassidy versus the Dudley Boys. Oh, I love them. Seven, I love what? them. I love those two. I, oh, I think they're I, awesome. And I, you, you're, awesome. you coined it. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, they're an updated, and not a ripoff by any means, but like they're an updated new version of the New Age Outlaws. They get the crowd going. They're a lot of fun. Uh, them drawing back and forth with the Dudley Boys is awesome. And you look at this tag tournament, and there's a few things with this tag tournament. Number one, the belts matter. Number two, they're making you're making you like they're not just throwing out there a number one contendership. They're not saying, "Ooh, let's put let's pick two teams and and have them wrestle for the number one contendership." No, they're making it really matter. So you have to win a tournament to be the number one contender. And you look at these semifinal matchups. I'm intrigued. I'm excited. The titles matter. Plus, you wonder. Are we going to see Gallows and Anderson get involved in some way, shape, or form in this tournament? I, you know, again, Dave, when was the last time we were excited about the tag team titles? There's so many aspects going into tonight's Raw, and it's like, I guess this part of me, like the, the, the fan in me, is, is just excited and, and optimistic and hoping we, we see something great tonight again or, or very good. And the smart in me is like, just don't screw it up. Please don't screw it up tonight. Um, but when I look at this this tag team tournament, good stuff. They they uh, you know make other teams relevant, and I I think these two semifinal matchups are going to be very entertaining. Where do Gallows and Anderson fit in, if anywhere? I'm excited about this tag team tournament. I am too. I mean, I I I didn't ex- I ex- I had a feeling Enzo and Cass would have gotten called up to the main roster at some point after WrestleMania. I didn't expect the Vaude Villains to get called up, and they bring something a little different to uh, the, the tag team scene, which I think is good. Um, you know, you and I, we, you know, growing up watching tag team wrestling, you know, tag teams were teams that, you know, they didn't necessarily have to compete for the titles, but they could have a rivalry with another tag team over just being a bet, you know, who's the better tag team. And also tag teams had different looks. You know what I mean? Like everyone, like like yeah, the Road Warriors, Demolition, the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, uh, you know, the Killer Bees, and you know, the British Bulldogs, the Heart Foundation. Like everybody, like they all looked different. And the Vaude Villains kind of bring they. I mean, yes, their gimmick is that they're a throwback um, to 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 the old days, but they're it, it just reminds me of like how tag teams had different looks back in the the heyday of tag team wrestling, and they kind of bring that in, you know, them. And then eventually, you know, the, um, you know, Enzo and Cass, they kind of have a different look, but um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm like super excited, but I think that they've in the past several years, they have been on a consistent path of rebranding tag team wrestling in WWE. And it's been a good thing in my opinion. And I think it's going to continue. I mean, new days now at the point where they're so popular they don't need to be like the tag team champions anymore. They don't need to be the focal point anymore. I mean, they they the, the belts almost seem like an afterthought to them. And it's not a disrespect to the tag team titles in any way, but they're just so pot, their act is so over that like I think it's time to move them away from the tag division. They've put enough credibility on the championships and let the other teams kind of add to that credibility of the tag team titles and let let's let New Day do something else. 100%. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've given, you know, what they've done with that is they validated the tag belts, and now the tournament like that, they've given you, we've, we've talked about it at nauseum, they've given you a title picture uh, surrounding that belt. Uh, and they've made the belt matter. And they have teams, teams 
They're not like, I mean, look at this tournament. You got teams. It's not just two random guys thrown together uh, to create a tag team. All, all these tag teams, aside from really Goldust, Goldust and, and Fandango, um, which, you know, Jesus Christ. But um, these are all teams. These are guys, I mean, granted the social outcasts were like, put together by guy, about, you know, with guys that aren't being used, but um, they're still, they're a faction. Um, these are real legit tag teams. And to your point, that's what we grew up with. You know, I think with wrestling, you know, I think you can go too far where everyone kind of has an over the top character, quote unquote, but I feel like you need characters in wrestling. And, and when you go in the other direction where nobody really has a character, like a character, um, where everyone's just kind of a version of themselves. Um, I don't know. To me, it loses something. Like, I, I feel like you need a mix. And, and you're right. When you talk about, like, a group like the Vaudevillians, um, they, they're characters, man. You know, they're, they're very intriguing. There's something, you know, out of yesteryear, but they're talented tag team wrestlers. It's just, it's good stuff. And, and you know, when I look at the tag team tournament and where it's going, who knows who's going to wind up winning this thing and getting the number one contendership. But again, Jesus Christ, we're talking about tag team wrestling. We're talking about the ladies. It's a good thing. Hopefully 2016, uh, you know, we have more good things to talk about on Monday Night Raw. But, Dave, this is refreshing, man. With like a minute left, this is really refreshing to have a show where we were really goddamn positive talking about last week's Raw. It is. It's very refreshing. You know what it reminds me of, too? When we talked about all this new influx of talent, it reminds me of to when watching wrestling in yesteryear, um, seeing talents from other organizations debut, and you're like, wow, holy cow. Like, this is cool. That's how I've find, kind of felt lately in the past few months with AJ and now the Bullet Club guys. And it's, you know, similar to the way it was for the Monday Night Wars. It's, it's very refreshing, very cool. And I, I look forward to this trend continuing. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. Callers, thank you for bringing it tonight. Just let you guys know, due to a scheduling conflict, there will be no show next week, so we'll be back to get you set for WWE Payback on May 1st. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Hopefully we get another kick-ass Raw. Enjoy Raw. Get on the Facebook for the Raw chat. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody.